0: If you could turn your attention to verse 25 in Acts chapter uh, 27. We're going to read this. I'm going to pray. And then we'll look at a few things that God has for us this morning. It says this in Acts chapter 27, verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, really the privilege that we have to gather together as a free people. and Lord, we know that, uh, Lord, we've been obedient. We're assembled here together, and, but Father, we need you. Yeah. Lord, it's all in vain without you, and we just pray that you'd meet with us this morning. Pray that your hand would be upon everything that's said, and Lord, that you'd be glorified in it, and Father, that souls would be saved, and Lord, encourage, Christians would be encouraged and strengthened to serve you. And Lord, you know my heart, and I just pray that you'd bless this message. And Father, we pray that you'd just be with us today. Give us a good day. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me, I'm a little emotional already. So I hate that about me. Um, I really do. So as a teenager, um, and I graduated high school, and we had to, you know, as we, we do here in the academy, we... Uh, each of the seniors would speak, and, you know, I'm a sobbing, crying mess, and, you know, I proposed to Cindy publicly, and I was a signcrobbing crobbing mess. I just hate that I'm so emotional sometimes, and, uh, God, and I was crying. I, I didn't realize what I was getting into, but those tears were, <laughs> those were not wasted tears, but, uh, but, uh, she's downstairs, so, um, so obviously, we're pulling away from Colossians here this morning, and, and uh, we're going to look at something that is more in line with the theme for the year, and as uh, <clears throat> the week was approaching and Pastor asked me if I could adjust what we were looking at this morning, and I said sure, and immediately this passage came to my mind. Amen. And I don't know about you, um, I don't think there's anybody in this room that can deny that 2020 has been a storm. Uh, I know in the DeGarmo household, things have not gone as smoothly as we wanted them to. Um, and I think every one of us can say that. But this morning, I got three principles that we're going to look at that I trust will be a help and encouragement to you uh, as you face the storm. And uh, a simple title this morning, For I Believe God. And I hope that's true for you this morning. And it's not just here. Because in the Christian life, we're often uh, relegated to just understanding it in our minds, and we have a knowledge of this, and we're not living it practically day to day. And so I I trust that that you do believe God and and that you're looking for him to do something. And so uh, the storms of life will come, no doubt. Uh, They will come. And here in this passage, we're going to read that uh, Paul is facing a physical storm. He's got a storm in his life, and this storm is not of his own doing. Um, sometimes we can bring storms in our life because we're idiots, for, just to make it quick and easy, right? Sometimes we're just stupid. We're disobedient. Um, we get in the flesh. But that was not the case for Paul. Paul had been obedient to preach the gospel, and he's in bonds because of that. And in, in chapter 26, you see that he goes before Agrippa and all those things in that, that famous verse, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And the last part of verse 26 says this, For then, Agrippa, uh, for then said Agrippa unto Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if it had not appealed unto Caesar. Caesar, And they determined this guy really had done nothing wrong. And the apostle Paul was just following the direction of his Savior just being obedient to God, and nonetheless, he's in this storm, and uh, in, uh, let's read. We're going to start in verse 9. We're going to read down through where we where we uh, saw there in verse 25, and, and just for context, I want to read this. We're not going to look at all of them necessarily. We're going to focus over there on verses 23 through 25 more, um, and some stuff in 28, but uh, for context, in verse 9, and this is after, in, in the beginning of chapter 27, they had already kind of sailed a, a, a short ways, uh, or at least part of the way, but here we pick it up in verse 9, and it says, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them, and said to them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives." Look at verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. I have that verse uh, 11 circled, and then I have the last part of that, that verse underlined where it says more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And this isn't the emphasis of the lesson this morning, but I'm here to tell you this morning that uh, these men got into a predicament because they believed the, uh, the uh, owner the and the captain of the ship more than the man of God. And listen, this is a side note for today's lesson, but we need to be obedient to the man of God. Yes, God has put a pastor in our lives amen. for our good. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody go get some counsel and they don't like that counsel. And they, so they listen to the owner of the ship or the captain of the ship themselves. And next thing you know, they're in a mess. And if these men would have just listened to the man of God, yes. and I know they didn't regard him as the man of God necessarily, but as a principle in our lives today, if we will listen to the man of God and the preaching of the word of God by the man of God, we'd be better off. It would, it would save us a lot of heartache and trouble in our lives. Anyway, but carrying on, verse 12, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to the depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to finish and there to winter which is in Haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Cyprus. Boy, things can be deceiving. Uh, you, you think you made the right decision, but you're still in rebellion to the, to the leading of God or the man of God. Anyway, but, but verse 14, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda. and we, excuse me, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail, and so were driven, and we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. The next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. They're in a desperate situation. They've put themselves in a desperate scenario. Verse 20 And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. This was a storm. You ever face something like that? All hope was lost. Let's read on, verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and have gained, or, and to have gained this harm and lost. There's the I told you so verse, right? <laughs> hey, bozo. If you listen to me. Uh, We wouldn't be where we're at. We wouldn't be in this hopeless situation. We wouldn't be in trouble if we would have listened to the direction of God's man. Uh, We wouldn't be there. Verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. I told you so, but listen here. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. And so this morning, we're going to look at three things. God's presence in the storm, uh, God's promise through the storm, and God's plan despite the storm. God's presence in the storm, even in the midst of the storm, Paul was walking in the presence of God. Paul was walking with the presence of God. This angel uh, of God had come to him and, and given him some comfort and uh, when we, listen, when we walk in the presence of God, the storms of life will seem small. Yes, sir. Amen. That verse that said all hope was lost, I don't believe Paul was quite at that point himself personally. I believe that he it said there was an absence, there's fasting. I, it, it, maybe he withdrew himself and he went away and, and to spend some, some special time with God. And, uh, but listen this morning, with God, those giant storms aren't that bad they're bearable he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. when we walk with God we have the confidence to face the challenges of life there will always be challenges there will always be difficulties Uh, are you walking with God like you ought to this morning that's my challenge to you this morning are you walking with God like you ought to When you're not fellowshipping with God, life's hard. The storm seems too rough. You want to quit. All hope is lost. And, and, but when the presence of God is there, it's a sweet thing. Are you in the scriptures? Not at church. Not when mom and dad tell you to. Not because the wife isn't watching or the husband's watching. But are you in the scriptures because you desire to walk with God? Are you praying? Is prayer an important aspect of your walk with God? Listen, this morning, these are basic things. I'm not going to share anything with you this morning that we already don't know as Christians that we ought to be doing. But are we doing it? Listen, the the storm of life is raging around us right now, today. I don't know everything that you're facing. You don't know everything that I'm facing. Uh, But rest assured, there's a storm. Our country's in turmoil. Uh, Everybody's freaking about about this virus and all these things, and it's resurging, and and people are losing their minds. But we can have a peace if we're walking with God. But if you're not in the Word of God, you're not going to have that peace. If you're not in the sweet hour of prayer in that prayer closet... Seeking God's face in prayer, you're not going to have that, that peace. I'll even throw this in there. Are you giving? That's part of walking with God. That's part of what God has commanded us to do to accomplish His plan that we're going to look at here in a moment. Uh, to get the gospel out. Uh, giving. Uh, listen, I'll never forget when I learned how to give. It changed my life. I was a young teenager. I didn't know anything about the Christian life. I had gotten baptized and, and just started going to church. And they kept talking about, you know, giving your tithe. And they did a faith promise and all these things. And, and uh, I thought, I don't really have a lot of money. I'm 16. You know, I, I got to pay for my car insurance because my dad makes me do that. My goodness. And so, you know, and I had, he wasn't going to put gas in the truck for me. I had to do that. And, and he was training me to be a man. but. But I was like, I just, I don't, I can't afford that stuff. But it was amazing. I started to, I gave to, I committed to faith promise. Not really understanding what faith promise really all was, but it was just like, by faith, we're going to support these missions. All right, preacher, I'm going to be obedient. Let's do this. And I made a commitment to faith promise. That next day, I think I went to work and I got a raise. That's amazing. I can't, I didn't ask for a raise. It was just, It just happened. And I don't think it would have happened if I hadn't been obedient. Listen, are you you in the scriptures? Are you praying? Are you giving? Listen, are you serving? Are you laboring at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle for the Lord? There's not a single person in this room that can't be doing something for our church to go forward in advance. There's a work for all to do. And that work is not coming in here and in, in, in warming a seat. There's a work. Get active. Start praying about what God wants you to do. Uh, start praying for those people that are laboring physically in these, these other areas that maybe you can't. Uh, there's a work for all to do. Are you serving? Last night we heard a great message on, are you waiting? Are you waiting? A waitress, they're serving you. They're laboring. They're not just sitting around doing nothing. Uh, When I go to a restaurant when they're doing that kind of stuff, there is no tip and I might walk out. I can't go to restaurants right now, but anyway. um, Listen, last night we were encouraged to wait on the Lord. But I'm afraid in some cases the Lord is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to draw near to Him and to walk with Him. We have God in a position where He is ready to distribute and to bless and and, and to meet needs and, and to do great things through us. But here we are, just warming a pew, warming a nice cozy cushioned chair, I guess. Because we're not serving. We're not doing what we ought to do as Christians. Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, this is what the Word of God says. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Boy, that's a blessing in the storm, right? Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh shall also rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Verse 11 is my life First, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Listen, God just wants us to serve him. And he'll bring it. Listen, uh, the Holy One didn't see corruption. He he kept his promise to Christ. And he can do it for us. But here we are in this storm. And and we just get all knotted up inside. And we get stressed. And people get ulcers. And all kinds of physical manifestations of, of these things that we're facing. Because... We simply just aren't surrendering to the Lord and walking with Him. All these men here, uh, sailors, experienced. And they're throwing everything overboard. They're so worried about what's going on here. They haven't eaten for 14 days. They're concerned about their lives. And we have the Apostle Paul here, and he's confident, and he can say in verse 25, uh, be of good cheer. Hey, chin up, bud. And they're probably like, what? Do you not see the wind? The waves? What are you talking about, you goof? And he said, listen, for I believe God. It shall be even as it was told me. Listen, Paul was told way back in chapter 20 that he was going to see Caesar. And this was a confirmation of that. When this angel appeared to him in this storm, he said, hey, don't worry. And by the way, I'll save these other, other goons that wouldn't listen to you. Right? And, and, and so, but, but he could be of good cheer because he believed God. He believed God that it, he was able to do those things. Uh, God did not fail in any of this. But James 4.4 4 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. God desires your presence. Do you know that? God wants to walk with you. Oftentimes we look at it as we are walking with him, but he desires our fellowship. That's mind-blowing when you really think about it and ponder that. And he wants to walk with you. And listen, if you with a pure heart will draw near to him, he will be found. And the Apostle Paul experienced that Time and time again, and definitely in this, in this uh, story that we're looking at today, it matters not the challenges that face you today. God can be found if you will seek Him. He's there waiting. I came across this illustration as I was preparing for this, and this is Bill Hebels. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And, and he was learning how to, uh, I don't know, do you pilot a boat? Operate a boat. He was learning how to sail, right? And uh, I'm in the Air Force. You pilot planes. I know that much. <laughs> but uh, captain a boat. Uh, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> but Bill here, he's learning to sail as a young man. And, and his dad would often say, Hey, take the boat out. Take that thing out and, and, and just learn of it. And, and his dad encouraged him, Take some of your friends from school. And so uh, he would. He would get that sailboat out, and they would go out and, and get out of uh, the, the safe harbor into the open water and, and just kind of enjoy sailing and, and as he was still learning, and his confidence wasn't necessarily there, and he wasn't an experienced sailor, and, and, but here he is, he's out there sailing, and, but he was always very careful to watch the sky, and if he ever saw a cloud, If he ever felt the wind kick it up to a point where he just wasn't comfortable, he would turn around and head back, safe to harbor, even with his friends with him. And he would go back, but he tells the story that occasionally Dad would take him out. And they would go out into that open water, and and Dad would be with him, and Dad's the experienced one, and Dad knows how to sail. He's been doing it for years. and, And he said he would find himself looking for the cloud hoping for the storm because he wanted to learn how to be a better sailor. But he said this, and it says everything changed when dad was on board. Everything changed when dad was on board. Listen, church, when you're walking in the presence of God, it doesn't matter the storm that rages. It doesn't matter the challenges that you face. When dad's on board, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be up. We know these men ended up shipwrecked, but God spared their lives. Listen, the apostle Paul had confidence because he was walking with God. Number two, God's promise through the storm. God's promise through the storm. Verse 24, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. We must remember God's promises in the storms of life. Uh, He promises to keep us, to protect us, to preserve us. He said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be there. And and listen, the worst case scenario is to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. What a promise. Uh, What do we need to fear? Uh, the presence of the Lord, and, and listen, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, I want to remind you of these things. We're going to focus on a certain aspect of it, but I'm going to read all these verses just as a reminder. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in, in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Look at the last part of the verse here, And lo, I am with you Always even unto the end of the world. Amen. He has promised to be with his children always. That means when life is good, he's there. And listen, sometimes we're good at giving God credit when things are good. Uh, But sometimes we get the poochie lip when things aren't going our way. We start to complain and whine, well, this storm, it's not easy. I don't like this, but that does not change the promise of God to be with us. And listen, he is there more than ever at those moments when we feel like he's not. But oftentimes it's because we fail to walk close to him that we don't feel that. We don't feel his presence and and we don't feel confident in his promises because we're not walking with him. I know it to be true in my own life. Uh, God does not promise easy street. This sure would be nice, right? Be rich and no problems. But he promises to be with us all the way. Amen. Psalm fifty-four, nineteen: Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be trying times. There will be storms. But the Lord's going to be there with you through all of it. And I believe it's because of Paul's walk with God that he could have confidence in the promises of God. He had that close walk with God and and he could be assured of his presence and the reminder of his promises and he was confident that he could go forward and do whatever God had directed him because of his walk with him. Acts 20, verses 24 through 27 read this, but none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. That's a difficult thing. He knew where he was headed. Probably never going to see these dear people again. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. The Apostle Paul was confident in the promises of God because he had walked with God and been obedient to him. He had seen some things. He would experienced some things while he walked with God, and they weren't all great. They weren't all fun. But he had learned that he could trust a God that keeps his promises. When we experience God's work in our lives, we can have the peace of knowing that he will keep his promises and that he's going to be with us come what may. Come what may. But it is often when we wander away from God that we begin to doubt those promises. When we're not walking in obedience like we ought to. That's when it becomes difficult to remember that God said He's going to be with you and that He's going to be there. But I want to remind you, Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent. Hath He said, and shall He not do it? For hath He spoken, and shall He not make it good? Listen this morning, God cannot lie. We know that. Titus tells us, the book of Titus tells us that we have confidence in the promise of God. He will never fail. Your wife's going to fail you, men. Ladies, I know it's hard to believe, but us strong, handsome men are going to fail. Ask Cindy. She knows. She knows a lot about that, but for another day. But when we put our trust in God and the promises that we get from His Word, we can be confident that He will do it. of good cheer. Yeah, hey, God's told me I'm getting to Caesar. And you know what else? He told me that you guys can come along. You can be all right. 276 people, I believe the Word of God tells us we're on this ship. And God tells them that they're all going to be saved. And the Apostle Paul is confident in that because he's walking with God, he's experiencing God, and he's seen God do it before. Listen this morning, church family, are you walking with God? And I'm not talking about checking the boxes of of the Christian life. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm walking with God because I came to Sunday school this morning. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, do you desire and yearn like the deer that panteth, to, to walk and to be in the presence of God? Uh, James 4.8 says, if we cleanse ourselves, right? Uh, listen, we got to purify ourselves. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe 2020 has been a rough year if for nothing else, but to call God's people to repentance and that they would purify themselves, sanctify themselves so that we can do something for God. I'm convinced that our American Christianity is weak and we ought to be turning to God through this. And, And listen, I'll tell you this, maybe if we learn the lesson, we don't have to go through it again. Right? How many times have you had God had to redo something in your life because you just were, you're just you stubborn and stiff-necked, you're not going to give in, and, and you're just not willing to yield and to learn? Well, listen, we ought to be taking this, taking note and saying, God, I need you. Yep. Amen. And that verse that everybody loves to, cl- to, to claim, if my people who are called by my name, if we actually did that, if we would humble ourselves, I believe God would change America. But all we do is this. We get up in public. We teach a Sunday school class. We say all the right things. Amen, preacher. Praise the Lord. That's good. I'm going to give to missions. But we never get on our face before God and say, God. I got some things in my life. They need changed. We're such a pride people that we think we're, we're what God needs to get his work done. He doesn't need any of us. Amen. But if we would humble ourselves and go before a holy God and say, God, I need you, clean me, make me a vessel that's meet, that's honorable for your use. Lastly, this morning, God's plan despite the storm. Verse 25 says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. God had told Paul in Acts chapter 23 and verse 11, And the night following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. The gospel is going to go forward despite the storm. He said, this verse says, It shall be even as it was told me. God told Paul that he was going to go preach the gospel. God has a plan in the midst of the storm. God still wants to use us in the storm. We see he, we don't have time to to go to all these things, but but he found favor with the centurion and and he was given some liberties and things that traditionally prisoners aren't given. Uh, uh, Listen, God wants to work in the storm. We don't want to need to wait until God's done with the storm to experience God working. Uh, that's why it's so important that we begin walking God and getting in His presence in the midst of the storm. Paul knew that he was going to go preach the gospel. Listen this morning God's plan for us as individuals and as a church has not changed. That's right. We're going to preach the gospel. That's God's plan. Regardless of what the world, what's taking place in the world, regardless of the political landscape of our nation, we are to preach the gospel. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 uh, and 15, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We can do well just to understand that. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto Him which died for them and rose again. We're here to live for Him. It's not all about what we want. It's not all about what we want to learn in the storm. It's all about accomplishing God's plan in the storm and being obedient to Him in preaching the Word of God. Listen, we looked at Matthew 28 there. God's plan has not changed. It is to preach the gospel. Listen, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as longsuffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not changed, despite the years that have gone by since the resurrection and the years of labors that, that liberty has seen, these 40 plus years. The plan has not changed. God is still longsuffering. As while we have day, there's still time to reach the lost. Your life today, Christian, no longer belongs to you. Amen. And we all would do good to recognize that. That right. old cowboy say, I reckon. Do you really believe that? That your life is not yours? To do that which you wish and what you want and what you desire? Your life is to do the will of the Father and to preach the gospel. That's what your life is in Christ. I'm going to remind you that you've been bought with a price. A heavy price. A very costly price. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, You are bought with a price, be ye not the servants of men. Boy, oftentimes we get our eyes off the Lord and we think we're just doing things for for earthly reasons. My boss. Your life ought to be lived for the glory of God and for the advancement of the gospel. If you're a Christian this morning, if you're a believer, that ought to be your goal. Does that mean you're going to pastor a church? No. Does that mean you're going to teach a Sunday school class? No. But you ought to be doing everything you can to advance the gospel. Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That ought to be your purpose. Amen. That ought to be your goal is just sharing the gospel, reaching the lost. <clears throat> Trying to kick me out of here. If we do our part by walking with God in faith, there is no telling what God can accomplish in Rapid City and beyond. Amen. If we would just do our part. God wants to reach more people with every ministry of our church. God wants more riders on the vans. God wants more people in every Sunday school class that we have. God wants the patch ministry to grow, the music ministry to grow. And every single one of us ought to be doing our part to ensure that that happens. We ought to be faithful that our conversation, that our manner of life and, and how we conduct ourselves outside of these walls is as becoming to the gospel. Our community ought to know that, that liberty is different than the other churches in town. We're different. We love them. We care for them. doesn't mean we agree on every, everything, uh, but they ought to see a difference because I'll tell you what, they notice the difference in Christ. And they knew the difference with the men that accompanied Christ. They were just idiots. Unlearned and ignorant, like me, right? And so, but they took, and they knew that something was different about them because they had been with Jesus. That's going to be the difference that our community needs to see. We're running out of time. So Colin Smith, he, I got another illustration here for you. He he tells of uh, going to the auction with his dad. And his dad was teaching him some things at the auction. And, and he said, be careful not to scratch your nose at the wrong time. Any of those things. Kind of do these things. You've got to be mindful of where you're at. And, and one of the other things his dad was telling him was, you've got to understand your maximum price limit. You can get yourself in trouble if you start committing to some things that, that you can't afford. And uh, later on in life, he, he realized that there's a great danger for us that walk in the Christian life, knowing clearly our upper price limit. I'm going to do everything that God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do that, Lord. I don't know what that is for you. I know God spoke to my heart this week. But listen, in the Christian life, we can't have an upper price limit. Jesus does not allow us to set that. Mark eight thirty-five: for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake. And the gospels, the same shall save it. And Colin Smith goes on to say this. Our calling is to a life of unconditional obedience where the price is unknown. Amen. We're not at the auction church family. We are called to unconditional obedience regardless of what God wants to put us through the storm, regardless of where God wants to send us, regardless of what God wants us to do. We are just to be obedient. Unconditional obedience. The Apostle Paul says, for I believe God. Do you believe God this morning? I think everyone in this room would probably say, yeah, I do. But are you acting in obedience to his word and the leading in your lives? Are you acting on that faith that you say that you have? And walking in obedience. Listen, he, he desires your presence. Do you believe that? Then seek his face. Uh, he keeps his promises. Do you believe that? Well, step out by faith and watch him keep his promises. And do you believe his plan will not fail? Well, then step out in faith and be obedient and share the gospel, live the gospel. Do we believe God, church? And if we believe him, we ought to be acting in obedience to his word and the leading in our lives. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this message, Lord, and Lord, what you've done in my heart my life through the preparation of it. And I pray, Lord, that each one would take something from your word today that would help us to be a better Christian. Lord, that we would labor. And Lord, that you would just increase our faith. Lord, help us to be obedient. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.